This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Democrats close in on Senate control. I am going to the Senate to work for all of Georgia. Presidential vote showdown. I will object to the electoral college vote. California's pandemic crisis. Everybody just keeps getting COVID and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Good morning. I'm Steve Kathan with the CBS World News Roundup. Democrats have picked up at least one U.S. Senate seat after the voting in Georgia's high stakes runoff election. CBS News projects Raphael Warnock has defeated Republican incumbent Kelly Loeffler, making him the state's first black senator. The Democrat has the edge in the other race. CBS's Mark Strassman reports Senate control could be about to flip. We prove that with hope, hard work, anything is possible. Democratic candidate Reverend Raphael Warnock said he's headed to the Senate to work for all Georgians. But incumbent Kelly Loeffler still sees a path to victory and promised to keep fighting. This is a game of inches. We're going to win this election. The race between incumbent Republican David Perdue and Democrat John Ossoff is even tighter. 4.6 million Georgians cast ballots in these critical races that will determine control of the Senate. The coronavirus pandemic and its economic impact mattered most to voters. In Washington, CBS's Nancy Cordes says today's the day Congress will tally the Electoral College vote. Utah Republican Mitt Romney, heading back to Washington, was confronted by pro-Trump supporters yesterday. You're a joke. It's disgusting shame. North Dakota's Kevin Kramer also got an earful because he, too, will not challenge the electoral results today. All you do is count. Is that all you do? The easiest vote in the world for me would be to object, no downside, except to my conscience and to my oath to the Constitution. At least 13 Senate Republicans and roughly 100 House Republicans plan to contest the results from three to six battleground states. They won't have the votes to overturn the results. So President Trump is now urging his vice president, Mike Pence, to take matters into his own hands today, tweeting falsely that the vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. Mr. Trump is denying reports that Pence told him he doesn't believe he can do that, saying the vice president and I are in total agreement. Outside the Capitol, protesters who will hear later today from the man they support, President Trump. 
Trump didn't come out as a victor because of the fraud. Tom Bergeron came here from Minnesota to show his support of the president, and he addressed reports that extremists have come to town looking to cause trouble. The extreme group is on the other side. We're not here to create violence. I really sense the urgency. Renee traveled from Indiana. To support our president and to hopefully get them to pay attention in Congress. She says the election was stolen, something she believes was treason. Nick Ainelli for CBS News, Washington. CBS News has learned the FBI and FAA are investigating a breach of the air traffic control system after a message that mentioned the U.S. Capitol and an attack today. Correspondent Jeff Pegues. The chilling threat was heard by multiple air traffic controllers on Monday afternoon in New York. CBS News has learned that while the government does not believe the warning of an attack is credible, it is being investigated as a breach of aviation frequencies and the threat would be a crime. Well, yesterday was the deadliest day in the pandemic here in this country so far with 3,775 deaths. CBS's David Begno is in Southern California, where hospitals are under siege. We were allowed inside the Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital here in South L.A., where almost every patient is on a ventilator. That's according to critical care physician Roger Christensen. Just tonight, I have pronounced four patients deceased only one of whom was older than the age of 65. At a normal non-pandemic time, you would pronounce one to two people a month? That's about right. And you did four overnight? Correct. These are younger, healthier patients who are dying. (laughs) The crisis inside California's hospitals is spilling out onto the curb, where ambulances and EMTs are being forced to hold their patients as hospitals look around for open beds. It used to be a seven to ten minute drive to a hospital, and now we're waiting two, three, four hours minimum. L.A. will be the setting for the Grammy Awards, and with the pandemic raging, the ceremony's been moved from later this month to March. A night of protests was peaceful in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after a decision by the D.A. in last August's shooting of a black man by a white police officer. WDJT TV reporter Brendan Cullerton. Protesters hitting the streets of Kenosha wanted an attempted murder charge against Officer Rustin Shesky, but they did not receive one. We're trying to get some justice. This video showed clearly that he was just chipped at murder. Luckily, he didn't die. Demonstrators wanted it known. They believed the decision not to charge Shesky was the wrong one. We need to wake up Kenosha, and we need to continue marching throughout this community making awareness. The shooting left Jacob Blake paralyzed. His family says it will press on with a lawsuit, and there is a federal civil rights investigation. Prosecutors say Blake had a knife, and the officer acted in self-defense. Chaotic day in Pennsylvania's Senate as majority Republicans blocked a Democratic incumbent from being sworn in. His GOP challenger is disputing the election result that's been certified. The lieutenant governor has been removed from the Senate for the day. The chair will not see the rostrum. It all happened after Republicans passed a motion to remove the presiding officer for the day, the Democratic lieutenant governor. Rapper and producer Dr. Dre is hospitalized in Los Angeles with a reported brain aneurysm. He tells fans on social media he's getting excellent care. College football's coveted Heisman Trophy goes to... Devontae Smith of the University of Alabama. Smith is the first wide receiver to take the honor in 29 years. On ESPN, he gave a nod to the other finalists. Just to be in this situation with you guys, y'all are great athletes. And just to be a part of something like this is truly a blessing. Smith still has business before focusing on an NFL career when Alabama tangles with Ohio State in the national championship game Monday night.
The last known Civil War widow in this country has died. Helen Viola Jackson was 101. In 1936, at 17, she married 93-year-old former Army Private James Bolin so she could collect his pension, though she never applied for it. He died three years later. British lawmakers are pushing ahead with a new coronavirus lockdown. Steve Bryan was one of 33 rebels in the ruling Conservative Party who voted against the last lockdown, calling it overkill and bad for business. And this one? I should support it. Infection rates have tripled in his constituency since late December, and his local hospitals now canceling routine operations. I really don't think the Prime Minister had any choice, and so I will, with the heaviest of hearts, support the measure. The opposition Labour Party's already said it will support the new lockdown, too. Political foes united against the common enemy. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. China's government accuses the U.S. of misusing national security as an excuse to hurt commercial competitors. President Trump has signed an order banning transactions with two Chinese payment services and six other apps. That's the CBS World News Roundup for Wednesday. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings.
Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.